0: Booking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 8, Episode 15, Scotty Young. And welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My is Leonard Sultana, and each and every Wednesday and Sunday, certainly during lockdown, Wednesdays as well, we talk Comic Cons, con culture, and all the stuff and nonsense we get to enjoy at such events when they're taking place, which obviously for 2020, uh, we've had an absolute dearth of them. Um, the last one was back in March for a real proper show. So over the course of the summer, we've just been doing our best to uh, keep the convention crew uh, occupied and uh, keep everyone together and uh, really doing our best to bring on some fantastic guests for us, which is why I'm thrilled and excited that we have ourselves our guest for today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Scotty Young is joining us. Hello there, sir. How the devil are you? How's it going, man? Good to see you. (laughs) You too. Um, It's got to be said, um, while we haven't seen a lot of you at virtual conventions, you've kind of assumed that part of it. You've really been doing a great deal on like your just YouTube channel and really kind of being putting yourself out there. Uh, certainly for showing your process and stuff. So it's been great to see that side of what you're doing, uh, develop over the course of the summer. And we're going to get into all of that. Right. But, um, no, thank you very much Judy, for coming on. Uh, what we've been doing with this run of shows is starting with our three questions. Question number one, uh, because this is a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Uh, what is your beverage of choice right now? Cause it's, I mean, whereabouts are you? What's your timetable right now? Where
1: it is it's noon here. So I totally was going to, when you said I had about three minutes, I went and got my coffee mug, my friend's coffee mug. Nice. I was going to absolutely fill it with red wine to pretend (laughs) that I was drinking coffee. And then I realized I have no wine at the studio today. So right now it's just a big old cold Yeti full
0: of water. Fair enough. Um, Thanks to a... uh tweet from, I think it was Gail Simone was uh, going off about tea, as she often does. I think I'm on the old, uh, I'm on the, the PG tips today, so so that's number one. Number two, can you remember, because I know the story about you attending a, a Comic Con with your friend, uh, with the, the big art pages out, and the, the dropping of the image cards uh, story down there. I know that story well, I'm sure for, uh, for, uh, fans of yours does. But can you remember your first comic convention which you went through the door as a fan?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I remember it very well. I, I don't even, I don't even know what it was called. I don't know. I don't, I'm not. Okay. It's going to be a two thing. Cause one would kind of be a convention and it was a comic book show, right? Like back in the day, we, we'd almost, you called him a show or like it'd be in the ballroom of a hotel, right? Where vendors were selling and, you know, toys and comics, but it was a very small situation and we didn't, I don't know if we called it a convention, but I, now I think it was. We, me and my friend Wes, Back in the, if people remember back in the, in the back pages of Wizard, this is pre-internet, right? We didn't, we didn't have the internet. Only like your one rich friend who had a computer at home (laughs) had the internet, but the rest of us didn't have a computer or the internet. Uh, We had to go to like a college or something. But in the back of Wizard Magazine, there was a section for upcoming shows and conventions. And would just tell you that month, all the ones that were coming up by state, So it was like separated by state and we found one we, I lived in, I went to high school in Tennessee at the time and we found one in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So we were juniors in high school and my, I had, we had gotten my mom to call up and make a hotel reservation. We're too young to do it ourselves, but my, (laughs) my mom got us a hotel reservation and was like, because the, the convention was in the hotel, she was like, wow, that's cool. So we actually went up, Stayed at a hotel. Went down. I remember, you know, we bought comics. I bought a J. Scott Campbell Gen 13 t-shirt. There wasn't. This was not. There was no artist or anything there. But that was. So that was my first time at a room in a room full of comics, and you know, just like whoa, I'm digging through quarter bent, you know, like comic boxes and all that. So that was the first one, and that was probably around like I said, about maybe about. 95, 95 era. And then a year or two later, after I graduated high school, same thing back of Wizard Magazine, Heroes Heroes Convention was back there, Heroes Con. And that was in Charlotte. And I I lived in Bristol, Tennessee. So it was about a three hour drive. And so a friend of mine, uh, we got in a car, me and two other friends, and we drove to Charlotte to go to that. And that was the first time that I walked around and there was artists there. You know like which i just was amazed by i just thought it was the coolest thing ever to finally seeing like real art like professional artists in front of me but it was much much smaller than what heroes is today you know it was it was you could see the whole room at in one spot so yeah those were my first two and in it you know in that same era you know i went to another hotel one where i met for the life of me, can't remember his name right now, but it was, he was in, he, he later became an X-Men artist, but he was my first person I ever got a, com, a convention. Oh, Kevin Sharp. If anybody knows who Kevin Sharp is, Kevin was an artist back then. He was doing a book with a local guy and he was the first time that I com, got a, like a, a sketch at a, at, at the con and I was watching him ink with a brush, which just like blew my mind. But yeah, yeah. so
0: th- I, th- those are my first conventions. I think for me, I mean, I've, I've told this story before because uh, I went. My first San Diego Comic Con was 2010. Um, it was the centerpiece of my honeymoon. It was uh, the you know, It was a. It was supposed to be a one and done, uh, and it was just crossing off the bucket list. Mm-hmm. But when I carried on going back, it still took me about two or three years before me going into the artist alley section because I was so intimidated mm. by the artists on the other side of the table because I just didn't know what to say to them as somebody who can't draw. Right. Um, Something who's just a, a fan of comics. I I I didn't know if I had any kind of relation to them or sure. anything I could refer to them. But then they I spoke to enough of them, and it was more a case of no, we're just happy to be out of the house and we're, right. we're happy to talk to you. So it's, uh, no, yeah, so it's awesome. it's it's very nice because we spend so much times
1: in rooms like this, kind of by ourselves or with like one other person. Like I share this with with my friend Kyle, who's not here today. But um, and uh, but usually we're we're like that, and it, we can work so much through the year and sometimes it's nice to go out and remember like, Oh, real people like, like they're doing like, <laughs> it, it could be easy to forget. This is actually making its way into people's hands, you know, because by the time people pick up our work, we've been past it for months, you know? So by the time you read a issue of strange Academy or I hate fairyland, I've finished it months and months ago. So I, I've moved on. I'm in another headspace now. So it's, it's, I think it's always refreshing to go and, just have a conversations about anything sometimes a lot of times i spend a time in line talking with people about movies and television shows yeah.
0: oh well, no who was it um there was a couple there was um bill sankiewicz i spoke to and I, basically i i, I the, one of the questions was do you have to kind of negotiate through to like break through that fandom thing to actually have a proper conversation uh, do you have to say talk about films or music or whatever or, instead of just Kind of like talking about comics and it was um yeah bill sunkevich went no i can talk about comics for hours i'm fine Oh sure absolutely yeah i i I just read that i just read whatever anybody so yeah
1: i'm pretty good with running my mouth so i can pretty much talk about anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) and the third question i've been starting off with um you've obviously been going to conventions for for some time and now as a pro you've kind of been able to meet and interact with some of your heroes and some of those people that have influenced you growing up as, as can you remember of those any of those moments where the brain took a left and you found yourself a little bit weak at the knees a little bit sort a cotton mouth intimidated by somebody and just went oh my and like slightly shaking hands when you're talking something. right there's
1: so many of those moments man i mean i honestly th- there's there's two like bill sienkiewicz is definitely one of them like The interesting part is it's not as much the first time meeting them because i'm always like oh cool and i'm a big fan and blah blah blah. it's not as much that it's the next time that you see them and they remember you like that's almost more more important to me because there's just like i like i had a space in there you know um (laughs) that's cool but i will say that it was a about a year or so ago, I can't remember. I was at one con what, I can't remember what con it was it might've been heroes con or New York. I can't remember, but I was sitting at the table and I, you know, my line was there and I was working and signing and somebody said, excuse me. And they kind of cut through the line and just literally was like, Hey, I just wanted to say hi, Scotty. Nice to meet you. And it was Walt Simonson. I was like, I was like, Oh, you know, and of course, after he walked away, you know, I tried to play it cool, but after they walked away, everybody was like, "What just happened?" And I was like, <laughs> "I don't know." Um, so there's that. But I, okay, you no. Know, now that I, now that I, now that I've had a time for a minute, I was at Chicago a couple years back, and and the the guys who rep, well, I'll sorry, somebody came up and said, "Hey, Frank loves this cover and wants to meet you." And I was like, "Frank who?" They're like, "Well, Frank Miller." And I was like, "All great. right." Like, I was like, all right, you're trolling me. Get out of here. And then this is his reps. And we've been friends with for a while. I'd, I've done stuff for them and stuff over the years. And so they, he was like, no, he's downstairs in a private room signing books. He wasn't on the floor. He's just, he's like, come on, I'll take you down there. And so I was like, oh my God, hold my line. And so I walked <laughs> like down to the bowels of, and at one point I thought I was getting punked because I mean, I was it was so far off the floor, like in a dark hallway in the basement of, of uh, the McCormick place that um i was like where are we going and we go into this room and there sure enough there's frank miller like signing thousands of books and just like oh you did this and i was like yeah and he's like sit down and for about 45 minutes while he signed we just talked about art and comics and uh you know he told me a lot of stories about how like you know trying to like step outside the box and draw differently than you know and just he said people didn't understand me at the time and it was i was just you know, what do you do there? You're just in awe and listening to and the fact that he's giving anecdotes
0: and stuff like that. I was like, it was it was pretty
1: fantastic. Nice.
0: Uh, I think the regulars on this uh, who watch this know my Frank Miller story, which is uh, he came over to the UK to attend MCM Comic Con. And I was lucky enough to be hosting the uh, the comics panels for that particular year. And I also did the VIP uh, session as well. So we're talking really up close and personal. Yeah, small into a room. And he stood um, introduced, and he stood two feet away from me. Right. And my brain just went blank. I'm usually pretty good. I'm usually pretty solid <laughs> in situations like that. But it was literally the it was blue screen of death. It was awful. Um, managed to get my head around it. Managed to get a question out. But I ended up being a bit of a long winded question just to get my brain back into gear. About a minute and a half of this question, he then just stopped and went, "Right, can you repeat that question again, word for word?" I <laughs> Okay. I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not playing with you. Fine. <laughs> yeah, it was something else. That was something else. Plenty of questions to get into. Plenty of stuff I want to get into. But of course, we do want to cover everyone else's questions. Please do dive in with everything that you want to uh, ask uh, Scotty. Aaron Davis is saying hello. Olaf, from San Diego. Michael P. Good morning, Aaron, and I'm having coffee. Um, we've also got Solistra Smeg. I do remember my dad having a black box to borrow cable and getting up really late to watch Cinemax for no specific reason. I've no idea where that came from. Uh, I think it's the internet stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, plenty of questions we're going to get into, um, but I, so to continue the, the, uh, the topic of conventions because – yeah, I mean, yeah, ha- we said that you haven't done too many in the way of virtual conventions this year, which many creators have done to keep their hand in and to keep that connection with their audience. Mm-hmm. Can I ask why you haven't done too many yourself? Honestly, it really
1: came down to we it was it was a lot of family situation that happened at the beginning. Um, when all of this first it like literally as soon as the shutdown happened. Um, my wife's uh, my father in law had some health issues and had to be hospitalized, non COVID related, but was in the hospital for many, many weeks. And, and, and they live in Illinois. So they're about seven hours away from us. Um, And so right away that was gonna put Casey's uh, mom by herself trying to, you know, while they're trying to navigate all this medical stuff um, with her dad, and he, he lost half a leg. So there was going to be a lot of transitioning and prepping the house for him to come home and be in a wheelchair for a while. Everything's good now, but right when this first happened, Casey had to instantly go to Illinois and take care of family. So it was me at home with my two kids um, at the beginning of the pandemic, which is you really couldn't go anywhere, you know? Um, So for about six weeks, it was just me and the two boys, and trying to work all day, and try to, you know, just try to navigate. And like I said, it was, um, you know, it was tricky trying to get groceries and things like that because I didn't want to take the kids anywhere. Um, so you know, luckily, luckily, um, our real, our dear friend and and my assistant Megan Hodges, um, and our family, we all decided to kind of quarantine together. So, um, it was they were so helpful during that time to you know come over and sit with the boys for a little bit while I would run out and get groceries and stuff, but. Really, that's when the, all of those virtual cons started taking place, and I just could not find the time to do it. You know, it was like by the time I got to the end of the day of, uh, you know, I have a what well, he just turned five, so at the at the time he was four, so a four and a, and a ten year old, um, you know, three meals a day and and trying to write and draw and you know by the time work got done or by the time you know that I I had cooked them dinner, I would literally just go out to my back deck and like tell them don't talk to daddy for an hour <laughs> um, so really it really was just a matter of there was a ton of people asking because like you said like everybody who had a convention and shops and everybody everybody was doing their, their thing which I loved um, but I just didn't have the time and it became very difficult for me to triage and I always feel bad that if I do one it's very difficult for me not to be fair and just do it yeah. all. So I just thought, you know what, in this time until things calmed down a bit, um, that's I think even when you reached out, I was like, oh, I would love to talk to him, but I had to push it way out because um, I just needed everything to calm back down. So once we knew that our family was taken care of and everything was healthy, in case he got back and we got back to a normal world, um, it, it, you know, it's a little easier for me to do that. And that's why I was like, well, the YouTube stuff is not, I'm not on anybody's schedule. So if I can squeeze this stuff in after my kids go to bed or whatever, um, then it's, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I am not ai am not ai do not have to do it, but I can, if I want. So it was my way to kind of do
0: in, uh, somewhere in between. Yeah. Cause I know this with a YouTube channel, it's not to a specific date when you're posting stuff it's it's, it's as and when it's when you feel comfortable with putting stuff out which is right. which is really really cool and I, I, could know do it lot, I could do it a lot I could do it a lot more often
1: if I didn't have to talk about topics because that's the problem <laughs> is trying trying to find a topic that I'm like will like I have enough to riff on uh because I've gotten the habit of recording everything I draw now so I have a lot of videos stacked nice. up
0: um but yeah so Looking forward to seeing those. Because I know how important comic conventions and fans at Comic Cons are to you. No, and for sure. I, I, I can guarantee you, you're probably missing them like crazy. <laughs> um, what are the books that you're most happy that people bring to you? Is it the creator-owned stuff? Or is it those completists that have piles of all the variants? Or is it like the real rarities which surprise you that you just go, oh, crap, I haven't seen that for a while? You know, it's there. I don't really, I don't think that I
1: have a, I don't have a placing on any of that. It's so, I mean, obviously people
0: who show up for the creator own stuff, it's means the most right I, I remember i remember was it about three years ago and i turned around and said i've got all of this stuff i've got to find in luggage space for this um mm-hmm. and, and you then turned around and said yeah but don't forget i'm only going to be signing 10 a piece and i said well what about this complete collection of i hate fairyland and he went oh you can bring duck trucks of that over <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll sign fairyland until right. the cows come out and I'm like, yeah I'm down with that.
1: yeah see the the creator own stuff just it means so much because you know this stuff is it's always a risk, right? We, you know, we're making this stuff up. We own it. Um, so if it fails, it's all on us. Um, and if it's, but if it succeeds, it's all on us. So anytime that people are showing their support for our creator-owned stuff, it's it's really, really great. Um, uh, but, you know, there's nothing cooler than a new cover coming out at Marvel. And, then, and I'm always so interested. The conventions will always tell me it's it's the only place that I find out which ones were really, really like which ones were more popular than the other ones because it's which hard to tell, it, yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell online. But then once I get to a convention and I'm like, whoa, I've been signing a ton of this one, you know, <laughs> um, that's really cool. Um, and then of course, it's always cool for somebody to bring up, you know, an ancient book, you know, from 15, 16, 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, every now and then somebody gets their hands on some stuff that, and there's one guy I can't remember his name, but he really has he has sought out about every single thing that's ever been in print with my name on it. I mean, to the, down to the, like, there was an art book that I did. Um, it was a print on demand
0: art book. Oh, right. I I, I can, I can reach and grab stuff. Um, Yeah. Stuff, but I know know which one you're on about this, but there's like, I think it was
1: my first version of junk or something. And it was like, it was, I mean, again, I think there might've been 50 to a hundred copies of it only, because it was so expensive to, to make print on demand. But I was like, and then it, anyway, so somebody's even pulled that up where I'm like, wow, this is crazy that you found this. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I, I've got my fair share. I mean, when I say that I'm a fan, uh, I mean, let me just point. This has been in every episode, by the way. I love uh, it. They've so got, we've got that, that however, um, I have been told to remind everyone um, that's not mine. And I've also been told it's not ours that's caroline's there is a picture <laughs> of her i was off doing some press stuff i think i was even interviewing david glanzer at the time caroline lined up on the preview night and she remembers that year because it was the year she broke her, broke her leg oh so my gosh oh yes that's the one that she's particularly happy about but then right. of course um, i've got i brought that up and that's yes my that's my particular i love it that is my favorite because like I say, it was the one where I just went, uh, yeah, just do a, a baby Scotty. So that That's that was awesome. mine. So it's great to have that happen. Um, I, I think it's that interaction that you spend time with your fans, and you do try and spend as much time as you can on the floor, which I think people really appreciate. And like I say, it really is about the interaction with fans, which is really, really cool. Um, and obviously, uh, I want to talk about influences and stuff uh, because um, you've, you've got art on your arm. Uh, you yeah. are a massive Bill Watson fan. Um, one yeah. of the highlights of Comic Con, there it is. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, one of the highlights this year, certainly for Comic Con at home, was uh, Bill Watterson being inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame. But- How important is Calvin and Hobbes in your evolution as an artist?
1: It's really, really huge, and and interestingly enough, it's I mean, it's huge in the way from even though people will probably think because I do like the little kid versions of Marvel characters that it's, it's the style, his style that is important to me. And that's not like the actual shapes of the way that he draws is not as influential to me as is, um, his content that I read when I was, you know, just the content of Calvin Hobbes, but also his inking. Um, the, he studying his work allowed me to not be so precious with lines. Um, I think before I kind of really soaked in a lot of the art for the art's sake. I mean, I grew up reading Calvin and Hobbes and not thinking about it as art. It was just the comic strip that I loved and I was a paper boy and I loved the comics and I always read them. So it wasn't until later when I was really trying to find out who I was going to be as an artist. And, and, and by this, I mean, I'm talking midway through my career, you know, like, uh, you know, this is seven, eight years in um, kind of right before I started on the Oz books where I was like, I gotta, something's not feeling right. Like this version of this really clean version of, of what I've been doing all these years. It doesn't feel natural. And as I started diving into Calvin and Hobbes and really studying it and they, especially when they, you know, they, they released like a Sunday's, a Sunday's book. yeah. And in that, in that Sunday's book, it's the raw, you could see the raw pages. I, I,
0: I, picked that up just as pandemic started because I think comic fave did a, a yeah. an episode on it and I, I found yeah. that and I found the, um, the, the museum book as well. And oh I yeah, the exhibit, the, book. the, the yeah. exhibit
1: book, the exhibit book and, and the Sunday pages one are priceless to me because any time that I can see how I own original art, but not because like I collect it, I own it because I want to see how they do it. I want to see like, how are the lines like, I just want to dissect it on that front. So seeing the raw scans of Calvin and Hobbes, just like, I was like, God, I love how he uses this brush and none of it's really clean. Like no. when you think about Calvin and Hobbes in your mind, it seems you remember it really clean, but it's because like the whole of like all the parts, the sum of the parts make you, it fools you. But once you start looking at the parts, it's really sloppy. And I love well, it's that. It's real. It's real energy. It's, yeah.
0: It's just, I mean, it's basically-
1: Yeah. It's just letting, it's like watching somebody let the brush dictate what the style is. And, and so once I started looking at that and then I allowed myself that freedom, I felt the same way, which is like people ask now, like people go, Oh, I can see your drawing anywhere. It's like, I don't think about my style anymore being about shapes or a certain way I do eyeballs or anything that I feel like my style almost all lands in the way that I just ink now, because I just that's how I
0: feel like I draw with a brush more than I do with a pencil you know yeah I, mean, I, I know this might seem a bit of a strange connection but I'll make it anyway um when I've seen your um, inking work in, on the, the YouTube channel the one person I also turn to for the kind of like you say that the the trust in your own lines mm-hmm. and the, the, the your own move is jock um and so oh, yeah when it, especially when he grabs hold of a big thick black marker and that yeah. man can just whack over, I mean I've seen him do Batman sketches in like seconds with a just <laughs> the, the 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 confidence and like you say not being too clean with the lines but just right. knowing that that you're confident with the the line and what you're doing with yourself. Um, in reaction to the Marvel baby style, then I mean there's the off-told tale, tale about the someone who was who came up to a con um astro commission and it wasn't done in the baby style and there was this right. in, this kind of reaction where right. they went, they were expecting it are right. we is that is that still the case now because you've, you've now got a body of work right which is beyond the covers uh, is it something that people are still looking forward to or is, is, that, is that pressure to be the marvel babies guy kind of died down
1: it's, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say, because now I just, pr- like anytime I don't do sketches that much anymore at conventions. In fact, I mean, I don't know that I'll be doing them much anymore at all. Um, <laughs> right? it's, it's, it's becoming so difficult to do it. And so we're we're trying to figure out ways and we offer so much artwork on through the site now that I've opened the store back up. So we're actually trying to guide people that direct and who knows when the next time we're going back to conventions? convention. Oh, so. Um, but Um, so I'm not sure, but I know that when we do commissions, we are, we ever since that day, I very specifically ask now. So I don't know what, whether or not the expectation is still there, but I know that just to be safe, I assume that I need to ask the question of, uh, which, which version that you want. Now it's almost weird. Now, now my brain actually is the other way. Now I feel like if you ask for a, like when I went and did remarks at CGC, and people said stuff, I kind of just assumed that they meant like the little versions. And then I was like, I wonder if they wanted a normal one, but I don't know. So I'm like, now I think, so I usually try to ask if I can just to knock it out. And and it's, I would say it's about 50, 50 or, or no, I will say this. It's 50% little version, 50%, whatever you want. So your choice. Oh. You know, very, very often there's very few that don't say no, I don't want that. They're just like, hey, whatever you feel
0: like doing. So that's that's pretty cool. Fair enough. Um, I'm, I know that um, I, I said at the beginning that we are going to do half an hour and then we'll yeah. kind of let uh, the, the Patreon supporters kicking. So I want to get as many of the questions in yeah. as I possibly can uh, from the audience. Uh, John Bivens is watching. How much time have you and Kyle been getting in the rented studio during pandemic? Um, Hey, what's up, John? John's an old buddy from, uh, we
1: used to live close to each other in Illinois and then we kind of went different directions. Um, but yeah, um, we have actually come here a lot, John. Um, we, we, at the beginning we weren't here. So we weren't here for probably the first two months of like the hardcore shutdown. None of us came in. Um, but then once we kind of took, took stock and we realized we, we all kind of trusted where each other was. Um, we started coming back to the studio. So we've been back here for some months. We're getting ready because who knows, we might be shutting down again, uh, you know, just to try to kick this thing in its butt. But, in a, in about two weeks, we're moving to our own private studio. Like we have a new building, a new build out. They built it out for us. Um, so we won't have anybody else. Like right now we have office space and there's two other offices in this air, in the building with us, which we don't love. Um, and so we are getting out of this in two weeks and we have our own space, um, to, uh, we won't have to worry about
0: that anymore. So we'll be in there full time. Fair enough. Uh, comment from Oscar Esquera. I think I've got his surname, right? Same thing happens to me on Art- artist alley. This is me, about me when I'm approaching artists, I go full intimidation mode. I bought a Spider-Man figure and I was afraid to get in line to say hello, to get it signed by Scotty. Uh, um, never be afraid, I- be afraid, never be afraid of me. I'm always going to
1: chat. Um, uh, you you could tell them you could tell them about in San Diego where I mean I don't even have, you don't have to be in line to chat with me we'll grab a coke out <laughs> like, out in the lobby waiting for a signing,
0: absolutely I will say one well, of the least intimidating people I've uh, lined up to speak to it's it, Scotty absolutely um uh, movers and shakers this is Brandon Troy uh, met at uh, this year's C two E two pleasure chatting to you thank you. Um, uh, Leanne D, I just tweeted out a picture of me and Scotty. It was my favourite encounter at SDCC. See? You see that the fans wow. are coming out of the woodwork. You see. Thank you. Uh, this one's a slightly longer one, but we'll go in, uh, go do this one. Marcia Bellman, uh, uh, schumann Not really a question, but a comment for Scotty. Our daughter's nursery is decorated with his Marvel comic variant covers, as well as a pin display. This is the best way we could introduce her to comics, as she loves to look at those covers and identify each character. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I can you. imagine. I can imagine that is um a big way for people to get into comics because of the the approachability of sure. your art style um because c- i know also that your what, is it your son is it the eldest son that really struggled to get into comics and he, he only really got into comics was it this year yeah and, and like right now he's like 12 volumes
1: into my hero academia so he's like he's <laughs> he's like all he's like the newer generations who get into to anime and manga um, so I, 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 I think that he'll
0: start coming around here soon to some of our, uh, superheroes over here. Fair enough. And Lee and D, uh, follows it up with uh, middle desk West is one of my favorites. Can you tell us the background on that idea? Um, I mean, I'm going to get into middle West as well, a little bit further down, but no, we'll do it now. Um, yeah. so I mean, if you can talk to us, I mean, for myself, the question was, um, uh, just, uh, I mean, which is the most personal of the creator-owned books of yours? Uh, I Hate I hate Fairyland, Bully Wars, Middle West. Which is the one that would you say is Scotty Young personified, as it were?
1: It's, that's interesting because I would say I Hate Fairyland is probably the most representational of, like, me. It's like my id, right? Like, it's like me exercising all those, like, Oh my God, my kids toys drive me crazy. And um, these, if I have to watch one more episode of Caillou, I'm going to lose (laughs) every bit of my mind. And so like having fun with that, but it's also, that's also, it's not just me expressing that stuff. It's also me tipping my hat to the cartoons and the Looney Tunes cartoons that I grew up reading and the, and the Lobos and the tank girls and like kind of all that bombastic ornery, you know, Attitude comic books and entertainment that I grew up with. So I would say I hate Fairyland is a better, it's a more holistic package of who I am in a really <laughs> extreme funky way. But Middle West would be the closest that I've gotten to really telling a per- like t- taking a piece of my life and finding a way to um express some of that um stuff in a way that I feel like it was entertaining, but also could speak to others who might have been. So it's not a one-to-one personal story. It's pretty close. I mean, there's a lot of things in that book that are, I'd really just kind of transcribed from, from things, but um, also tried to make sure that anybody else could feel. And I, and that's, it's been really nice to get emails from people. I say, it's been really nice. It's always hard sometimes to hear that, how this book is connected with people, but um so yeah, it's it's a little bit of one, a little bit of the other with with those two projects. But Middle West is definitely, I think, my most successful uh, book of being able to convey some some really heavy personal stuff. And obviously, uh, you know, with with Jorge being as insanely talented as he is, um, he made it a lot easier for me to dive into to some stuff and make it way bigger than I ever thought I was going to be able to make it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I asked this question of Donny Cates, and he, I think he brought up God Country. Mm-hmm. Um, and he turned around and said it, he was actually rather glad that that was a limited series because any more peeling back of the layers of the onion, and it it would start to bleed, as it were. It was it was it got really it got really personal there. Um, I'm wondering how that works with yourself then, with Middle West being an ongoing series. Well, Middle West was 18
1: issues, and that and so I. I had the same idea. Oh, is that, is
0: that done, and done then? Is that
1: done? Yeah, now? it's done. Yep. Oh, right. the end. And so we had always planned that. Um, it was three volumes and we, we knew the beginning and we knew the end. And then we weaved our way to that. Um, but we knew we had the same feeling. And, and uh, you know, I was very inspired by um, my friends, uh, Ken and Joe on, on I Kill Giants. By I loved that they had this story and that they just told it and that was it. You know there was an eight issue series and and they were done um and they and I, I felt that that made it more powerful i thought we jorge and i talked about it and we felt the same that we felt we can make we, if we stay in this pressure cooker for this amount of time and then end it we can maintain that level of emotion the whole time and it maintain its power i do believe had we we were very tempted we i mean we started to get other ideas but I do believe that once we told Dale and Abel's story, the story of that father and son, I think anything beyond that would have, it would have been watered down version of it. We It would have read like we went on, we didn't have a plan, but we just wanted to go on, which I think still could have been cool in some ways, but we would have lost a lot of that personal, emotional core that that book had. Once we got away from that story, so it was a hard decision, and I it was very difficult to write the end on that because you know, uh, but but that's not to say that at some point we won't find an, a way back into it for a short tale either. So we definitely have other things,
0: just like just like Donnie with God Country. He's I think he's doing a kind of like a spin off or he's doing a sure. little mini series, which yeah, I, I totally right. get that, right? Um, let's talk uh, if you could talk to me about Jorge, uh, Corona, Aaron Conley. Uh, jean francois Boulet, How important are those artists to your current and future projects? Just blow some smoke up their ass for a couple of minutes. Oh my too.
1: gosh, man. They're so, it's crazy. There's actually, it's great. So Aaron and I did Bully Wars. We're actually getting ready to do another little short project together. Um, that's not announced yet. Just a very short little thing. And then hopefully we get some other things cooking up. Um, we still, we still have so many cool ideas for Bully Wars, but um First of all, I gotta just say, I gotta go and just give Jean all the love. Jean-Francois is, he's been like my my ride or die for like what, 16 years now? Whenever we started on um, uh, New Warriors. So I don't, 2006, whatever, like that's a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of years to be, you know, working with someone. And so he and I are, we just read each other's minds. and, And I really, I mean, We, we, he and I just had a conversation the other day about projects and stuff. And I, and he said he had thanked me for, for something in my career is better because even I'm like, no, my career is better because I am a better artist because I've worked with him all these years. Like my art is, has developed because I can. Predict what he's going to do after, and it has changed how I approach pages. It's changed how I approach covers. He has ch- he has literally changed the fabric of how I approach art. So he's invaluable. I love I love working with him. Um, he will work on any project that I'm involved with if he so chooses. That's he knows that. Like um, <laughs> if sure. I if I'm working, he's working. Um, and then Jorge is you know Jorge is a brother to me. Aaron's a brother to me. Um, Jorge and I. Jorge's speed is so crazy. I mean, his talents, one thing, I mean, all you have to do is just look at any one drawing and, and you're jealous of how good this guy is. But what's crazy, what both people probably don't know is he is the fastest artist I've ever seen in my life. Like the speed at which he is finishing these books that you all are seeing you would not believe it when you look at the page. I mean, we're talking weeks, not 6 weeks or 8 weeks. We're talking some three, so you know, we're talking four and under for the for the level that he's doing. So, because of that, Jorge and I are like we we have like four things like lined up, you know. So, we're 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 already midway through the next mini series that we're doing together. Um our next creator owned project and have two past that cooking up. Um, Aaron and I are really still hoping to get some bully war stuff. We had, we had two more planned past, bully right. war, past that. Um, you know, we all know that comic book, the comic book business and, and, uh, children, you know, books for kids, it's always a difficult sell. So the numbers didn't line up the way that we wanted them to on bully wars, but, um, we're trying to find other avenues for that. So we're actually exploring some book market stuff and we're going to, you know, check out maybe Scholastic or, um, possibly just, you know, say, let's just go crowdfund these books because I think I like these books are really important, I think for kids um, and they're really fun. So yeah, we might, we might, Pop some of that out too, but yeah, these collaborators, and I, you know, I'd be, I'd be remiss not to mention Nate Picos as well, who's been lettering uh, with me since I Hate Fairyland. Um, obviously, he does, he's he's a beast in this industry on his own without me, but he's been along, and now he's he's another member of my comic book creating family who will have a job if he ever wants it while I'm working on a book. So, um, he's there, and then my 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 pal Kent Wagon shoots who project manages all the creator owned books. Um, so he's a part of all this and, and with sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you series, just series, just talking. <laughs> on its own. <laughs> She's just talking on her own now. Um, and then, uh, for people who don't know, and now I'm rambling, I am blowing smoke up everybody ass. but, uh, Kyle Strom, who you guys might, may know from a book called the spread an image and some other stuff. He shares a studio with me and we have a new book coming out. Um, that we're both working on a new mini series of image and it is Jean's coloring that and Nate's lettering that. And, and so the, the team
0: is back together and it's going to be great. Nice. Cool. Uh, I mean, I know the answer to this question already, but I'm going to put it up because uh, into the blue Mister is asking who came up with the alternative title for, to hi fairyland. And this is a nice little dovetail into your relationship with image comics because sure. sure, uh, sure. Yeah. Go for it. Tell the tale.
1: Well uh, I hate fairyland was always called, can we, can we cuss on this? I don't know what the, it is. Right. Okay. Go for it. Um, the 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 title of the sh- the book was always Fuck Fairyland. So in my computer, the folder said Fuck Fairyland. Um, <laughs> and and at the time, I was like, I was going to do it as a webcomic and, and and so I didn't think it would matter what you called it. Um, and I was like, all right, this is the name of this book. Or this, this strip or whatever I was going to do with it. And then once we got to the place where I was like going to do it an image, I was like me and Eric and me and Eric Stevenson and and Robert Kirkman exchanged a lot of emails on what, you know, if I should keep that as a title and we were all like, well, it's a great title and it will sell more in some places and sell less in other places because (laughs) of this. So it was really like trying to decide. And and ultimately I was like, you know, I should just, you know, I should just call it something like, and I was like, I hate fairyland. And he, when, I, even when I said that, I was like, Ugh, like that title doesn't <laughs> roll off the tongue. But I was like, but the more I, the more I had it written down, I was like, oh, I kind of like it or whatever. And then, um, it wasn't until we were at the image expo and we, we told that anecdote the same thing, like, oh yeah, we went back and forth. Um, so I landed on this, we had at a reception later that night after we had everybody had announced their books on the, uh, on the image expo, there's a lot of retailers there. And um, over the course of the night, what Eric and I didn't know is we were both getting approached by different retailers asking if their shop could get a variant, exclusive variant with the original title. And so after about three or four hours, we finally met back up at the end of the party and we were like, he's like, did you have, and we were both to think, yeah, like a lot of retailers. And he was like, why were we worried? Eric said, why were we worried about which one to call it? Let's just do two covers per issue. And then we call it both. And I was like, yeah, we, we, this would have solved our problem a long time ago. So that's, that's what happened. We realized that enough retailers. And that way we figured if the retailers who can sell it will, um, and that way, and the retailers who didn't want a piece of that didn't have to. Um, and the really fun, the really, one of the really fun outcomes of that was to watch how creative um, different stores would get in censoring it. So, you know, a lot of stores found a way to put their store sticker over top of the bag. You know, people started doing like custom drawings or they would do a tape and write their own words. And of course I had the, the you know, the, the fake. Curse words through the book, so some people would, yeah. you know, put a fluff over it. So, um, I, it was cool. It was that was a fun. Uh, it was a fun way to get there.
0: Excellent. Um, I mean, I know how important Image Comics as a publisher is to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what were the books that meant the most to you growing up when that <sighs> whole Image just kicked off?
1: Oh man, well, two two books in particular for sure, and one is Spawn. Um, I think, and, and, and two people there are really important. I know a lot of times and Todd knows I love him, even though he gets mad at me that we, when we sit next to each other at dinner and bump elbows. Cause one time he had asked if I was left-handed or right-handed cause he's left-handed and I said, I'm left-handed. So he's like, oh, and he sat here, but I didn't realize that I write the other way or I eat with, <laughs> anyway. so he, he, he was frustrated with me that night, but I love Todd to death, but also as soon as Greg Capullo came in, um greg capullo's run on spawn as the artist is i i still don't think that enough people understand today well they probably do because that book sold a ton of copies for years um but greg capullo like looking back i still look at that and i'm like this is one of the craziest best cartoonists that I've ever seen. And it, it's so he's so good. So I think spawn spawn was one of the biggest ones. And the other one is Sam Keith's, uh, the max, the max, yeah. the max is, um, visually it's one of those books that meant a ton to me. And I don't even, I don't even know at the time that I understood that it did. Um, it, it, now let me explain that. S- that book, I came out, I looked at it, I soaked it in. I don't know that I necessarily ever really understood it on, on an emotional level, right? Because it's a deep book and it's heavy yeah. and he's dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, but on a visual level, there are things that he did in there that I think I soaked in and locked away in my head. And later in life, when I started drawing comic books and doing pages, I started doing things that I didn't realize were coming from that book. Like, um, and so, so this is, I even, this is the story for that 2010, uh, the iPad came out. Right. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh man, and there's so many books out of print. Like the max was out of print, long out of print by that time. Right. Um, and I had found some digital versions of that online somewhere. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, and so for the first time since the max was out, I was flipping through cop like the entire series of the max and it like, it's smacking. So I'm working on Oz at the time. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is how I do grass. This is how I do this. I, all of a sudden I'm seeing all these little piece, like curly Q strings, like frayed strings of things. And I'm like, I totally didn't remember that this was played such a big part of my childhood. Uh, my teenage years of when I was learning how to draw. And I have so many of my weird little like habits and techniques came from that book. So, but it, it, I had forgotten about it for so many years because it was out of print. Um, I mean, I checked out his other stuff, but yeah. So I think the the biggest two image books for me back then were, were definitely spawn and, and the max. And, but that, that's not to say that I didn't buy every single book that company put out.
0: <laughs> I mean, for the max, I mean, I was, it was recommended to me by my uh, the, the person over the other count, uh, the counter at Odyssey 7 in Leeds when it was still up and running. Um, and I was, because I was deep into DC at the time, because mm. I came back into comics, and I, I sigh whenever I admit this, um, I came back into comics um, around the uh, time of the Millennium event crossover, which sure. isn't the best event right. series DC sure. ever did. Right. Um, and, but certainly the, the, that, that kind of clean art style or clean comic, you know, the, your traditional superhero comic style. Yeah. Then you open up the max, and he's doing stuff on those pages, which is, you actually have to read it twice to get what the hell he's doing. Yeah. So it, just, in, it, it just the way he's framing stuff, the way he's right. flowing across a page, and it's just incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. When it comes to Greg Capullo, Um, how much do you follow the artists that inspired you back then to now? I mean, do do you still read Greg's work now? And how has that evolved, uh, how you followed his evolution as as an artist? Um, I still, I don't don't buy Batman on
1: the regular. I still follow him on all the social medias um, and still check it out, you know, check it out online and everything like that. Mostly it's because I just don't, it's not because I'm not following him. It's that I just don't almost follow. I don't have time to read. I mean, like by the time I end up, the by the time I put kids in bed at night, the brain is no longer functioning on it. Like, let's read for fun. <laughs> you know? well, that was,
0: so, was going to be the next question. What are you reading at the moment? Um, and yeah, yeah,
1: it's been. I I am embarrassed to say that it has been quite some time since I've been able to like sit down and soak in a comic, right? Because you know, right now I'm writing. You know, I'm writing Strange Academy, which is monthly. I'm doing another Marvel project that nobody that people don't know about yet. Um, Middle West. I've got two new image series that I'm currently writing Um, and then, you know, developing a few more. So there's so much writing going on that it gets tough. So a lot of times my reading right now is more like audiobooks in the car or like, you know, like like on the days where I'm actually able to do you know, on on my cover days or while I'm doing sketches, I'm soaking in more literature through audiobooks at the moment um, because that's just where my that's when my brain is still able to take it all in. So sadly, I've not been able to do as much comics. So I'm a a bad comic fan at
0: the moment. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, When you're working in the studio, then what is because I like I like asking this question uh, when it comes to studio setups. Um, cause I know you're big into hip hop. What is the soundtrack when you're doing uh, sketches or when you're doing work in your studio? Uh,
1: well, when I'm writing, it's mostly, um, it depends on the project. So then, uh, depending on what the project is, then I'll find movie scores or, you know, instrumental music to go along with that project. So I've got a couple different like magic playlists that I'd go through when I'm doing strange Academy. Um, You know, it's got like his dark material, some Hellboy soundtrack stuff, you know, like different kind of like slightly mystical, but also action based sounds. Um, I just finished writing a horror story with the new uh, Jorge and I book. Um, So that was all just like weird, creepy. It's like a haunted house horror love story. Um, And so it's just like a lot of like weirdly haunting beautiful creepy
0: music. That's when you throw That's when you throw the John Carpenter on.
1: Yeah, it's just really, really cool, man. Yeah, you throw that stuff on. Um, So really, that depends when I'm doing art, uh, when I'm where I can actually have lyrics and stuff like that. It's it's a mixture between you know, some days might be a podcast day. Most days, it's gonna be like, like right now, uh, probably for the next month, you're gonna have, I'm gonna have nothing but Aesop Rock's new album that just came out this week. Uh, He's my favorite He's my favorite rapper of all time. Um, over the last four or five years, we've actually become buddies. Um, and so I'm really proud of his brand new album. It's 21 tracks on it. It's amazing. Um, and so I'm I'm still just soaking that in right now. So that's probably gonna be that's probably all I'm gonna listen to for at least the next month while I while I draw.
0: Cool. As a professional DJ, that I mean, that's what pays my bills. When I'm actually able to play in front of people, awesome. um, it, it was it was encouraging to hear that you actually span when you were a kid, or when or when you were uh, younger. Uh, yeah. do, you have, uh, do you still have the turntables? Do you still? I don't. I don't. But
1: I swear to God, it was about two or three weeks ago. I told uh, told my wife. I was like, I think I might buy another set. Um, Careful, the twelve just are expensive now, man. I know they are, but like there's so much weird, crazy technology now, like that. Have you seen, I don't know what it's called, but it's that that, the little, it's like a little, looks like a USB drive. Right. And you put it, you put it down on the, the, the record right on the needle. No, I know what you mean. Uh, Yeah. I know what you mean. It's crazy. It's, it's like a, cause I would, I buy like now I'm most, I liked, my turntable I DJed parties and stuff like that but mostly I sat at home and recorded stuff and scratched so I was much more of I liked actually the more producing side of DJing where it was like make beats do scratches nice. come up with instrumentals so that was kind of more what I liked to do so like me going out and get it would be much more of like here's a little corner setup where I'm just going to sit and scratch all day and now there's so much digital stuff connected to vinyl of vinyl like a vinyl record with your needle sends a signal it's, it's bonkers but it's but so i'm i'm researching it right now um but we'll see but if i do you'll be the first person i'll 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 give you a shout out of my youtube video when i'm like fumbling my way through it
0: <laughs> well i mean uh, people have noticed in the past i mean i've got the sort of like the pioneers and the mixers mm-hmm. back there. i'm waiting to get back out and playing again i really am uh, me, i mean you have been a You've remained a busy chap over the, the, the summer. I mean, what with the, uh, the online content with the YouTube channel and with Strange Academy and with Middle West. I'd like to talk to you about um, Marvel Made okay. uh, because you were the first creator that was assigned to that exclusive Fox project. Can you tell us how that project came around and uh, how Marvel approached you? What, what what happened there?
1: Oh, yeah, that was just, you know, they had talked to I, that that is something that I did so long ago, like it, yeah. it was maybe a year or more. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. They were, they were just developing that system, you know, the Marvel made system and thinking about, I think wanting to be able to give out different kind of products, you know, like a little bit more boutique style where, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to go out and make a licensing deal. I think sometimes with, you know, in mass market, what a lot of times is like niche, niche boutique style collectors. So, it'd be similar to like, it'd be similar to like vinyl toys, right? Like vinyl toys are much more low runs, but they really go to a really dedicated fan base. And I think, and they were just think, Hey, this might be a way for us, like kind of like a Mondo situation where we could probably get and do a lot more kind of specific, really cool outside the box products that, um, you know, aren't necessarily geared for the toy aisle at Walmart or whatever. So yeah. and, And obviously over the years, I think my, my pins at the, at, at San Diego and New York and Chicago have always done really, really well. And so they just were like, Hey, we, we kind of want to kick this off with, um, you know, most of those pins have always been taken from a cover that I've done, you know, just yeah. repurposed. But this was something there where they were like, we want to do it. We want it super exclusive and we want it all original content for this project. So yeah, this gave me a list of characters they wanted. And I went away and drew and we came up and and now, and knowing that they were going to be pins, I would, I got to actually think about that, you know, ahead of time instead of, uh, like I said, sometimes I'm always like I draw it, but uh, you know they're taking it and then we edited a little bit to get it in pin form. But this was something that I knew was going to be in pins, so I was able to design things in that way to make it be like, oh, this is going to look like a really sharp pin. But yeah, it was just you know it was just as as easy as anything else. They had an idea for a launch, they hit me up. I've been with them for twenty. I mean, these are all my friends. Like you know what I mean? I've, I've spent. Thousands of hours with these with these uh men and women just kicking around being nerds and making comics. So um it's weird. Like w- when I think about it, I guess to everybody else it feels very official, but for me it was just like getting a call from Mike. You know, and he'd be like, "Hey, man, we're gonna do some pins, blah blah." blah. I'm like, "Oh, man, that sounds cool. All right, just let me know when." You know, like that's it.
0: <laughs> I think the reason why I bring it up because I, I really want to know what your thoughts on this was because it was announced. Uh, for the launch in July, you say mm-hmm. that it had some time to to actually come up with the designs and stuff. But when they actually launched it, it was deep in the, that first lockdown of pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was your thoughts when they did that? When the reality of the situation was hitting people, because it's not a cheap product right. um to put out there. What was, what was your thoughts when they released it? I didn't. I didn't. This something they could have hold off, held off on, or something. Right.
1: I'll be honest. I did. I don't know that I thought about it at all because I, because I'm not connected to that part of it at all. Um, yeah. Um, I I'm not connected to that part of it. I, I don't know. I didn't know their plans. I didn't know when the launch was. I did know that it got pushed back because obviously, you know, China, like a lot of things where we're getting manufactured and shipments and things like that. Um, so again, I, it, that's above my pay grade to know what the, you know, everybody, every, every company has things and people that they answer to at every level. So I, sometimes once things are in the pipeline, I don't know that they, I don't know that they can stop things. And um, I mean, on one hand, it might be a situation. And again, this is all me speculating. Um, It might be a situation where you're thinking like, Oh man, like this is a tough time to ask people to buy this. But also we're still talking about like, you know, a company who pretty much stopped everything. So they're also, you know, at at this point, and I understand because I had some of this stuff too on my website where people like, oh, man, this is but I'm like, everything stopped. We all of us are trying to figure out what the next thing is (laughs) like. And we did. You got to also I mean, now that everything's kind of back going, we can say things like, oh, man, but none of us knew if this was ever coming back like you know, like, we don't know how shops are going to survive. We didn't know like was diamond going to survive. And obviously we're still seeing some weird, it was just the the timing. It was just seen. Yeah. Right. So who knows? But again, I don't think because like, I I honestly don't know other than like things popping up in Twitter. I'm like, Oh, that's happening now. Like it was (laughs) so long ago for me that I don't, I almost don't have time to sit and have thought processes on it because again, it's not, that's not the part of the the business that with Marvel, at least that I'm involved in. So um, it's better for me to not not know or have an opinion on that. I'm
0: genuinely not trying to shit stir. I really am. No, of (laughs) course.
1: I think it's a great, it's a great question. And you're normally, if I have an answer, you know, I'd give it to
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other one that I wanted to ask, and I can actually see them from here, by the way, because I've got the uh, Marvel animated Iron Man. Oh, yeah. And I have my signed um, Gertie uh, up there, which is. Oh, the, I love it. So yes. We're talking the, the sideshow pieces. Yes. I'm really curious about the story behind the Marvel animated statues for sideshow. Why wasn't your name on those statues? And then what inspired the actual Scotty Young range with with sideshow?
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, oh, it's Gentle Giant, actually, I think. Oh, Gentle um, Giant, right, sorry. Don't yeah. That is. You know what? That is an interesting question, and I ask that myself. Um, <laughs> uh, and and honestly, I think what it was—it's just one of those things where um, parts are moving, and lawyers are in things, and blah blah. blah and nobody w- nobody thinks to have conversations. So um, technically, they can right? Like any artwork that I do for any company is theirs. Like you know, um, so they can make anything into anything based on the deal. And that's, I negotiate rates and things like that. So I'm happy with it. That's fine. Um, this is one of those situations where I knew that they could do that. And then once I was like, why aren't they putting my name? Well, that's weird. I'm just gonna say, because the, right.
0: the, the, the covers were blowing up. You're, right.
1: You're, and and, and honestly, people, it just came down to name, add value and once they had a con- once we had a conversation about it they realized like oh we should have just had this conversation and then they started doing it um so honestly it's just it's a fall through the cracks it's where we're at. somebody else thinks that somebody else has taken care of a thing and you know it didn't so you know a thing i, I had a conversation and we we smoothed
0: it out so yeah so long as it's not somebody at marvel with a, a bee in their bonnet a grievance. No taking your name no 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 it's yeah it's
1: like most things it's always like a weird back end you know uh, suit and tie th- situation that w- everybody just needs to have conversations and be like oh no this is cool like it's fine and we'll do this and we'll
0: do this oh cool you're cool okay
1: yeah and then it's handshake and you're done <laughs> yeah, well
0: will tell you what um we're, i mean we're getting to an hour and i don't want to take up too much of your time obviously the weekend and you've yep. got kids and everything so we'll we'll kind of wrap awesome. things up um I will ask the one uh, a question or just talk about uh, the YouTube channel because okay. uh, it's just been incredible, like I say, to see process. Uh, I mean, I, I put a hashtag out, and I, one or two people have got back to me wondering what the hell it means, and I post out videos or um, art processes which is, with the hashtag cows come home. I can watch this stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, that's, I can just watch artists okay. create from scratch. It, 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 it's, it's magic to me um it's something the channel is something you've been putting a shit ton of effort into Mm -hmm. why now for the channel um it's one of those things i I mean part of it is my son my
1: my 11 year old he's (laughs) so so into youtube and tiktok and all this stuff and he knows so much about it that i was like i've got all these like i i had like at first i had like seven thousand subscribers and i never touched it right like i hadn't uploaded a video i think on five years maybe and so um it was one of those things where I follow a couple buddies videos and, and, and some other artists and always think they're cool. Um, and then when, when uh, big thing was the shutdown happens, when it happened, I thought like, I think I'm I, not knowing what the future was. Like we didn't know if these new image books, we paused them. Like strange Academy was paused. Like everything was on pause. So I was like, sometimes when you pause a song, you might not go back to it. You might just change the song. So I was like sitting in a room you got to remember too, I was alone. My wife was out of town for six weeks. I'm with my kids. I don't know what the future of our business is. Um, I don't know what the future of my career is. So I'm like, all right, what let's go, you know, I'm the kind of, I'm a scrappy person. So I'm like, let's start thinking what are some, What are some new building, you know, I'm a believer that like every table needs as many legs as it can to stay sturdy. So it never falls over. And so as I was watching the world, like say, Hey, we may or may not be coming for all your legs on the table. I started thinking like, okay, what's some new legs. I can, some extra support that I could start. YouTube seemed to be like, you know, it's that new Avenue for, um, everybody, any, any walk of life to really get out there and start speaking to their people. So did a leader research, um, you know, got some branding going on, try to do some things and I'm still 100% learning. So, uh, every, every week I'm still like did the, trying did the logo, to by the way, well, I, uh, my friend, Kevin Taylor helped me design the logo, but it's funny because we went through some options and ultimately we would just went with a version of my signature and then a drawing I did, well, but the, Oh, but are you talking about the animated, the animated? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, um, somebody I found on what's that A platform Fiverr. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I I just found an animator on Fiverr and asked them and, uh, yeah, they did it in about a week and it it was just awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I love it. Um, so yeah, I'm still learning. I'm still growing, trying to figure that out. Part of, part of the thing that we're really excited about in the new studio is I've kind of kept the YouTube channel in mind. So my paint colors aren't going to be so crazy. Um, so it's gonna be a lot easier for me to film some videos and everything like that. And we, I, So I've kept the lighting and stuff in mind. So hopefully once we get over to the new studio, we'll get even more stuff going. And then uh, we're gonna start bringing my wife in a lot more cause she's a photographer and videographer. So she's gonna start doing some documentary stuff. So we wanna really kind of round out the content a lot more. And then Megan and I, and, and hopefully some other friends might start doing some uh, live drawing and do some chats, you know, which I haven't d- dove into yet just because I've been trying to get the platform and figure it out and, and do that. So a lot of fun. I think a lot of cool stuff coming up with the YouTube channel.
0: I think a lot of people have been having or finding those uh pandemic skills that they've been learning. You yeah. learning how to talk to camera has been one of the more yeah. entertaining ones for me. Uh, <laughs> doing, your, doing your intros has been- but You just don't realize like,
1: what stuff you always do until you're literally like doing it, and you're like, "God, no, stop doing
0: this thing." <laughs> very, very cool. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing more from the channel because, uh, like Thank I say, the stuff that you've been putting up has been fantastic. Uh, a couple of comments that uh, have come in just to wrap things up. Uh, yeah, we, in case you spotted that by the way, Comic Con after party with Scotty Young. But yeah let's see what kind of uh, uh actually behind the turntable that'd be cool uh michael p asked scotty if he uh, if he gave his wife flowers when she returned and he realized just how much she did that that um
1: um we had a very good uh return to each other because we are casey and i are both very much um we are a really great team on all fronts so we uh we, we, we gave each other our favorite meals that night. <laughs> like, it was definitely, we, I made her some, I didn't oh, give her flowers. Also. I, I didn't give her, I didn't give her flowers, but I did make her some great old fashions, which those
0: are uh, more, more, uh, those are more her speed than flowers. Fair enough. And last but not least, Leanne D. Uh, hey Leonard, can you put up on screen the pic of Scotty that I tweeted out? We mentioned it at the beginning. Uh, absolutely. Let's get this up so you can see it. Um, Yeah, it's, Oh, yes. It's, it, it's so much fun to see when you connect with um, your fans. And um, that's the picture that she uh, put up, uh, also with her daughter there. Um, but, but, yeah, it, it's great when you interact with your fans. And we really are looking forward to seeing you back out onto conventions. Do you oh, have too. Any, any thoughts on that, about when you feel that you could be safe going back <sighs> to the convention? I, I cannot
1: imagine and we were actually talking about this, Kyle and I, and a couple of us were talking about the other day. I, I can't see it happening in 2021. I don't think so. Um, I just don't know. I, Right now, here's the thing. I have had a hard time making any declarative statements lately, like anything that's just like, here's my decision. Because it's all
0: we we had the guys from Vault on last week and they went, Okay, if you ask me any crystal ball questions, I'm out of here. It's just it's not happening. Not now. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's It's too hard too hard to make a definitive statement right now where I'm just like I could say this, but then I'll change my mind and I'll change my mind again. And like, but right now as it stands, it's just I would need I would need to you know, just based on my family and, and everybody else at conventions um, to feel like whatever vaccine does come through, it actually works. Like, like we, cause right now I think what's happening is we kind of keep having these th- benchmarks that we hit and we think that we're fine because we only like with us, it was like, Oh, kids are back in school. And two weeks later, it's like, Hey guys, nothing really bad's happened. So let's go more together and then of course four weeks after that it's like a disaster <laughs> so yeah so we're kind of in that place right now for me i'm just we're holding off on we're definitely not agreeing to anything in 2021 yet that's not saying that that won't change if if every if all the health experts and science says that it's okay but um i understand that a lot of conventions need to keep scheduling things and you know for the venues and things like that and and i'm really God I'm really hopeful that that they don't take more and more more hits but I'm we're we're holding out to see what the science says and and then we'll we'll play it by year. but I I'm dying to get back to it for sure 100% sure.
0: I mean, what was it? I was watching um, Indiana Jones. I was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark this week, and it was that opening sequence when they're going into the the, uh, the the temple and he's getting the idol and then running out, and then every single time he puts a step down, there's something breaking behind him or there's something <laughs> right. rolling down. Time. I'm just waiting. I could just take that section. That's 2020. Right it's 2020, man. That just sums it all up. yeah. Listen, Scotty, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, indeed, for coming on and agreeing to doing this, and um, and thanks to everyone for getting your questions in. Um, I'm going to put up the the address because uh, I really do want people to go and check out the web store and check out the the art store as well. ScottyYoung.com um, is where you're posting stuff, and of course your um, your YouTube channel as well. Scotty, I want to say Scotty Art.
1: Yeah, Scotty Young Art, I think. Yeah, yeah
0: something like that if you just google
1: me it'll pop up
0: or absolutely. or search me in youtube yeah absolutely it's been a pleasure um if you can mention anything about upcoming projects or anything that you can uh, if you want to pimp anything you want to um like to, i said I uh, by. Um, next next project
1: uh we haven't i think i think kyle may have been saying the name of so twig is the name of my kyle, my book with um, Kyle Strom, and you can kind of go check out his page and some of my stuff on Instagram where he's been posting previews of that. Um, so, and then look out soon for some announcements with uh, me and Jorge's new project for sure. Looking forward to seeing it. Man, awesome, really. man!
0: Thank you so much, indeed. Go off and enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend. Thank and- you
1: so much for having me. It was really great to see you in chat, and I have to thank I have to thank you as well, uh, not just for this, but for all the support and 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 tweets you give me, and it's like you're you're so amazing out there in the support of all the people that you that you love in comics so i i don't know sometimes that we're able to say how much we
0: appreciate that thank you know i every once in a while i wonder if um certainly for yourself because i know twitter isn't exactly your ballpark now it's more instagram i just wonder if you see this the stuff i put out on thank you so much
1: no, I do. And you, like I said, you're amazing. You're so supportive. Yeah. Twitter used to be my favorite thing. And then and now what I do is I just like somebody was like, Hey, did you see what blah, blah, blah said? And I'm like, I don't look at that column anymore. I only look at the column that where people say something directly to me, but then I usually don't, but yeah, Instagram. But anyway, I thank you. You're amazing. All your supports always makes me feel so good. Um, And it was great seeing you again. Thank you so
0: much indeed for the kind words, Scotty. Take care, and uh, uh, yeah, have fun with the kids, Guy. All right, thanks, brother. Excellent stuff. Brilliant, so there you go, Scotty Young. Do go check out the web page, because uh, something we didn't talk about uh, was the daily sketches. Uh, The stuff that he's putting up on uh, a daily basis, on his, uh, certainly on his social medias, but also on his uh, uh, channel, uh, also on his uh, web store, sorry, scottyyoung.com. Do go check it out, because it is absolutely well worth if you've got a couple of hundred dollars to spare and you're wanting something special to stick up on the wall, go and check that out. And that's us. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, that was fun. And uh, I, I was a little bit nervous going into it uh, because I wasn't too sure what we were, it was going to happen. But once we get into it, um, Scotty is such an approachable guy. And like he says, um, if you get the chance to see him at an artist alley, do it, because um, he is one of the most approachable guys out there. Very, very cool indeed. Right, um, we've got ourselves uh, some great shows coming up, um, and I do want to um, uh, remind you about um, certainly the incidental episodes that we've got coming. Um, we had ourselves the incidentals this week. We had our Heather, Heather, Heather Antos, which was a great chap. Um, she was very forthcoming about um, uh, history, about uh, the time of Valiant, uh, the challenges that she's had over the course of pandemic. I thought that was one of my favorite interviews of this year. Do go check it out. Um, We also rescheduled that Rob Sarkowitz um, interview for the Saturday. Again, basically the interviews I've done this week have been absolute highlights for me. I've enjoyed every single one of them. Do go check them out. We do have an incidental next week. We'll come back to that. But on Wednesday, we're going to be back, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT with Kevin Scott. Um, This is a writer of uh, incredible pedigree. Uh, You may know him from his Star Wars stuff, but also from uh, all of the other books that he's been doing. He's been incredibly busy over the course of the summer. Uh, Really looking forward to talking to Kevin on Wednesday. We have ourselves an incidental episode uh, because we had ourselves something booked for the Sunday. um, And... Al Ewing turned around and said, no, I would like to do something at the weekend. That's, I prefer to keep my conversations and my interview stuff weekend-based because at least then I've got the week to write. Considering how busy he's been over the course of this year and the last couple of years with Immortal Hulk, with Empire, with um, We Only Find Them When They're Dead, the stuff that he's been throwing out has just been phenomenal. Looking forward to talking to Al Ewing. That's next Saturday, 21st November. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. Mike Cecchini, you may not know the name, but you definitely know the site that he's the editor-in-chief of. That's Den of Geek. By the time we roll around to Sunday, the 22nd of November uh, next weekend, we may find out more about Black Widow, we may find out more about Wonder Woman 1984. It's imminent when we have some kind of announcement about what they're going to do and what that means for 2020 and indeed 2021. He's uh, the guy behind Den of Geek, which means he has his finger on the pulse of pop culture. Looking forward to talking to Mike Cicchini. That's gonna be next Sunday, 22nd November. Wednesday 25th is to be confirmed, but we've got ourselves a couple of great guests kind of ticking about, ticking around. So watch this space. It's uh, looking it's looking promising for some really good guests uh, for the, the Wednesday 25th show. Sunday 29th, the final show of this month, White Noise Studios. It's the Alex Paknadel, Ram V, Dan Waters and Rhino Sullivan episode. All four of the boys are gonna come on. Uh, we're going, Because I've been pushing for these guys to have their own podcast, and they've kind of not been able to do so because they have been so amazingly busy this year. Uh, Ram V has had um, great uh, success with um, The Savage Shores, with uh, his other books that have been uh, going out as well, with Catwoman as well. Uh, you've got um, Dan Waters doing uh, an incredible book at the moment. Um, or uh, two incredible books, um, The Picture of Everything Else, and also um, there's a the punk rock uh, comic as well, which is very cool. Alex Patnerdell as well. Just all, all four of them have just been knocking it out of the park. I did an interview with them at MCM two years ago when they first really launched White Noise Studios. This is kind of like a bookend interview. So looking forward to talking to them. That's Sunday, 29th of November. And again, another exciting guest, kind of on the cards for Wednesday, 2nd of December, Looking forward to announcing that. So keep your eyes on my social media when we can get those uh, uh, dates out to you. That's our show. Thank you so much, Dee, for watching. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you are a Patreon supporter, you've seen the whole show and you've hopefully had a, a great insight into the mind of Mr. Scotty Young. Thanks to him for uh, joining us. Thanks for you for uh, uh, sticking with us and uh, enjoying the show. Do like, comment and uh, share the, the video and let everyone know that we do this every Sunday. And Wednesday, Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. From me to you, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Talking con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, is a production of the Convention Collective. Visit the convention collective for all of your convention news and updates and support the podcast at patreon.com englishman sdcc